What's going on, my fellow A-plusers? Welcome back to a brand new episode of A-plus Hero Report, your weekly stop for your Marvel and DC television and movie news right here on our YouTube page, A-plus Opinions. As always, guys, as you can see from the bottom of the screen here, it is I, your host, Adam Perez, guys, and we are back with a brand new episode today. And I am not joined, well, I am not alone this week. I am, in fact, joined by my partner in crime, as always, Mr. Indy Uchiao. What's going on, Indy? What's going on? Glad to be back for another week. A lot of news to get to y'all. Yeah, man, we got a ton of stuff that we're going to be getting into here for this week. We've got a ton of uh, uh, stories that are lined up. We're going to get into some Smallville talk when it comes to Crisis on Infinite Earths. We're finally going to maybe even wrap up this Sony uh, and Marvel Spider-Man sort of conundrum that we have finally. Uh, we're going to get to a ton of other stuff for you guys today. But um, um, guys, first and foremost, and this is very important, that I, I just a little thing of business we got to get out of the way. Indy, we're actually doing audio versions of our shows now. Isn't that correct? Yes, sir. That is 110% correct, Amundo. Yeah, if you guys actually want to uh, follow us as far as just podcast-wise, uh, you certainly can. Uh, we do have just audio for um, all the videos that we post. Um, you can find us on Anchor along with like Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts as well. Um, I, but at the end of the show, I will go ahead and put a link in the description box below for you guys um, if you want just the audio versions from this. So we're so used to being in front of the cameras. I got to admit, sometimes it's a little bit uh, – it's hard. To remember sometimes that we actually have stuff for audio platforms too yeah definitely definitely it, it's something where uh i tend to listen to a lot of audio podcasts on my commute back and forth to work and you know guys uh you can't watch video while you're driving so it's just another way for you to just get your intake of a plus opinions to hear what we got going on and just keep caught up on your nerd and geek pop culture yeah i mean sometimes i mean look at these two handsome faces man sometimes it's overwhelming uh, what we bring to this channel. So if you need to just hear our voices instead, certainly feel free to do that. Um, but yeah, just so you guys know, again, we're on Spotify, Anchor, um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and a ton more, guys. And you can find us at A Plus Opinions. Uh, so definitely go ahead and check that out. But um, we got a ton of news to get into for you guys today, man. So let's just go ahead and roll it out. We're going to begin with some Marvel talk for you guys today. Indy, I don't know what you're sipping on, man, but that looks delicious. What is that? Apple juice. <laughs> good old sure apple juice, man. Are you good sure old, apple juice? Good old, good old apple juice. It's looking like <laughs> you know, rocks over there, man. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But let's go ahead and get into it, guys. The first story that we're going to go ahead and tackle for you guys today, uh, as we wrap up this Sony and Spider-Man and MCU uh, uh, issue that we have going on, Tom Holland recently came out and talked really about the idea that he's pretty confident in the idea that Spider-Man is still going to go ahead and remain in safe hands uh, once it moves over to Sony. Um, he actually had an interview recently with GQ uh, where he said, um, I'm not shy about expressing how incredible the last five years have been with Marvel. Uh, this is what Tom Holland said. He says, um, I've truly had the time of my life and in so many respects, they have made my dreams come true as an actor. Um, Sony has also been really good to me and the global success of Spider-Man
Spider-Man Far From Home is a real testament to their support, skill, and commitment. Uh, the legacy and future of Spider-Man rests in Sony's safe hands. Uh, I really am nothing but grateful, and I've made friends for life along the way. Um, so that's what Tom Holland said in a recent interview. Um, as a, a lot of the news is starting to slowly dwindle down in regards to Sony and Marvel, um, I feel as though for the most part, a lot of fans are, um, you know, you finished using a lot of their Kleenexes to wipe their tears. A lot of the crying has, in fact, stopped. And now I think we're just kind of all patiently waiting um, to kind of see uh, what else is there to certainly come for Spider-Man. Um, also this week in Variety, Variety actually had a uh, interview with the CEO of Sony, uh, who pretty much talked about the idea that for the moment, at least for the moment, the door is closed in regards to their Sony um, and MCU team up. Um, now they do say that there is no will between Sony and Marvel after they fail to kind of reach an agreement between each other. Um, the CEO also says we had a great run with Kevin Feige on Spider-Man movies. Uh, we tried to see if there was a way to work it out. Uh, the Marvel people are terrific people. We have great respect for them. But on the other hand, we have some terrific people of our own um kevin didn't do all the work um so he is trying to let people know that as much as we are used to the idea of, of spider-man being an mcu make no mistake sony according to the ceo feels as though for their part they definitely have lifted their own weight in regards to spider-man as well um and he also goes on to say that spider-man was fine before the event movies did better with the event movies and now that we have our own universe he will play off the other characters as well um, i think we're pretty capable of doing what we have to do here um, so now that you hear all that indie uh, with tom holland coming out talking a little bit about the idea of uh, he thinks spider-man's going to be perfectly okay in this situation and with what the CEO is saying, what are you taking from all this in regards to wrapping up everything with Sony and Marvel? I'm taking that um, as of right now, Sony's playing a trying to put a bandaid on the situation and um, trying to basically what I get from it. They're trying to basically say that, yes, we like Marvel's help, uh, but Spider-Man did well before Marvel. And yes, the inclusion in the MCU took us up to another level, but we should be able to do okay by ourselves without them. Now, when it comes to that, I feel as if um, Spider-Man makes money just off the name. That doesn't mean that the product that you put out was actually good. Spider-Man three, uh, amazing Spider-Man two. That 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 was not. Those were not good movies. The reason they made money was because of the name that you put out there, Spider-Man. If you put Spider-Man out there, people are going to go see it. That's just that's just how it goes. But to say that uh, other, of course, other people worked on the project. It wasn't just Kevin Feige. It's cool. But Kevin Feige is one of those who laid out the entire timeline on how to include this in this. How are we going to do this? Deal, dealt with all the women, women and dealing. That's like saying um, the Patriots are going to be all right without Bill Belichick as a coach. It <laughs> doesn't work that way. And as much as people say um, Tom Holland, it's okay because Tom Holland said everything's going to be all right. Hey, I want my check. So, of course, I'm going to tell you everything's going to be okay. Come see me in the movie. Marvel doesn't need to be here because I still want to get paid and I still want to be able to do this. And if I can't do it, they could easily just replace me, you know, and do anything else. But I don't. I also think he's never going to bash Disney because he's still incorporated with other Disney films that are going on. Um, 
what what is it atlantis the uh the yeah, movie and, yeah and i wouldn't be surprised also if he had uh something with sony planned also outside of um outside of that but yeah i, I think, think he got the uncharted yeah uncharted that's what it is yeah so he has to play you know what i'm saying devil's advocate when it comes to everything because he's stuck in the middle because he has stuff going on with both companies so i don't i don't see him saying anything bad about either company i do believe he's highly disappointed that spider-man would no longer be in the mcu and uh it, it's just it's just weird because it is something to where you wonder if sony's playing nice right now and trying to put a band-aid on it so that they don't have to totally reboot spider-man where something they could be like yeah these events did happen uh and we're bringing them over into our universe or is this or is it what most people think is going to be none of the stuff that happened in the mcu happened because disney could really be like look you can't use nothing that we developed over here in our little playground because it's not yours so i'm curious to see how that works out yeah i i, I definitely agree i mean it, it, it is one of those things where it's like hey you know tom holland yeah he's not going to come out and shit completely on sony right like it's just the, it's just not the professional thing to do when you already have contracts and other things uh, that you have planned with these other studios so it, you probably want to take the high ground and try and help smooth things over as much as you possibly can but uh, for for me at least i do think that tom holland certainly means what he's definitely saying i mean granted i will agree with you that i do think that he is highly disappointed you know i mean clearly i think everybody's disappointed that they're not going to be sharing the same universe anymore but i still think that this has been one of tom holland's biggest dreams to just be spider-man in general whether or not that means a part of the mcu or not um so i think he is still very optimistic about what he could potentially do as spider-man um and, and you make a good point right the fact that it is spider-man is immediately going to go ahead and draw draw eyes uh, the general public knows who spider-man is regardless if he's in the MCU or not, the name recognition alone will certainly get people to come out. But not only that, but if Tom Holland is deciding to go ahead and stay on as Spider-Man, he's got a huge fan base, right? He's got a huge following from MCU uh, from people that just love him in general when it comes to acting. So that's another group, another set of eyes that you're already bringing to it in a sense. So I can understand why Sony's saying, you know, we'll probably be okay here in regards to Spider-Man not being in the MCU. Um, the fact that they are kind of building their own universe, seemingly they're going to go ahead and bring Tom Holland into that and have him play off of some of the characters that they're certainly developing. Uh, it seems to me as though Sony certainly has the ability to kind of create their own friend franchise uh, just off of uh, its own sort of cinematic universe just based off of spider-man alone in its own right so if spider-man can um uh, can do really great for sony i think really big things are certainly ahead for them right i mean not only do they have a venom sequel coming out of uh i believe lord and miller also talked about the idea of doing uh spider-man live action television shows and who's to say that maybe phil lord uh, uh lord and miller don't come on to actually maybe direct uh, a next spider-man film live action um so the 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 possibilities are certainly endless and we've got spider-man into the spider-verse certainly for sony so i do think that sony's certainly going to be okay I, I think for us as fans yes it is heartbreaking to know that 
it's not going to be in the MCU, but Sony can still use the characters, right? They just can't use any connections to the MCU. So they can still maybe highlight Michael Keaton as the vulture, but they probably can't bring up little things like he he worked for the construction um, that you know, help clean up the events of New York sort of thing, right? So there are some storylines you can't use, but you can still use some of the characters. So I feel like they're going to be just fine. I, for me, my biggest concern is how upset, and, and you're probably right, this probably is Sony maybe putting a Band-Aid over it because I can see maybe Spider-Man not making as much money as it did just because of maybe some disgruntled fans not wanting to go out and support it now now that it's no longer with mcu so i think it's a little bit of everything here honestly but i do think that tom holland is pretty truthful in regards to what he's saying at least the biggest thing I think about what's going on that we're going to be missing is the the connection that he had that they built with the whole tony stark scenario and Definitely. And, the, and, the, and the fact that the new suit he just built was, you know, what I'm saying created from Stark Tech uh, with with even with the AI that's inside of the suit. Mm -hmm. um, do we go back to a basic suit? You know, with with, with no AI integration, nah, anything like that, like he can't have any of that, can he? Because that now that I don't know. I feel like because I feel like maybe if the maybe if he changes the name to his program. Um, you know, maybe they just don't make any sort of uh, connections to Tony Stark, right? Like maybe they don't make any references, but it, it would feel weird. It definitely would feel weird unless Peter Parker was like, hey, I just wanted to create my own suit and we get a brand new suit. Now, I, I'm guessing they didn't want television rights uh, because they didn't want to do a deal with Marvel and they're trying to, and they said they already want to develop Spider-Verse television shows. But um, from what I've been reading and what I'm partaking is I think they found a way around that, that if they have the movie uh sony movies produced for tv they can technically have spider-man oh, tv shows because it's not a television you know what i'm saying right, it's like a, a, a actual movie studio producing it it's actually the movie studio producing that's how they can get around that so that's going to yeah. be interesting because that's something that i believe that they took out of uh a way that marvel's going to do with certain characters that they don't have the rights to like She-Hulk and stuff like that. That's the reason why She-Hulk is coming to Disney Plus as a television show, but it's being done by the movie studio instead of, you know, just having our own uh, movie. One of the reasons why we can't see Hulk in movies, but as long as he's paired with somebody else, that's why we got the um, Planet Hulk movie during Thor Ragnarok, you know what I'm saying, storyline. And that's why the rumored Wolverine and Hulk uh, movie that they're talking about might happen is because as long as they have another character that they own you know what i'm saying headlining with him and he's just a counterpart uh they're able to put him into the movie so th there's different ways sony can get around doing things that that they want to do so like little rules stuff to get around but it's going to be interesting if they can successfully build their own universe sony has been good at one-off movies they've been good at character they, uh, to me, they've never been good at building a universe when it comes to Marvel properties. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to Marvel, when it comes to building a universe, I feel like maybe they just get too, too ahead of themselves in a sense. Like I just don't, I, I just don't know how they. How, how they've been unsuccessful in kind of building their own franchise. But 
and it, it's just it, it is weird to me and look i'm like i said I, i'm not gonna hate on sony in regards to look i spider-man 3 was crappy uh, amazing spider-man 2 was trash too i mean but i'm not gonna forget the great movies of spider-man that we certainly did get i mean for me at least into the spider-verse and spider-man 2 both movies by Sony, for me at least, are still my favorite Spider-Man film. So I know that they're capable of making a good Spider-Man film, but the fact that they've struck out to the point to where it's ruined their franchise, like those are big strikeouts. You know what I mean? It's not like the movie's just like, oh, it's it's okay. It's like, no, these movies are horrible sort of thing, right? So that's really my biggest concern. I, I know they're capable of putting out a good film. It's just a matter of please don't strike out again at this point we've got ourselves a really great peter parker and spider-man here don't get me wrong i loved uh toby mcguire as peter loved andrew garfield as spider-man but i really love tom holland as both and I, I want him to stay on board um i hope that they figure out a way to exclude some of the mcu stuff and still have tom holland in there because i don't want another casting because this will be like four castings in what like a decade or so it feels like some, something ridiculous um so I, hopefully we don't get that but again, Sony does say for the moment, the door is in fact closed. So I feel like for the moment means maybe somewhere down the future, we possibly could get this. Would, would you would you would you say that that the door is at least a little bit opened? I, I think that means if we mess this up, we want to leave a door open so Marvel can come fix it again. So Disney right. can come save us. I think that's exactly what it means. We're going to try this. If it doesn't work, we'll be back, guys. That's exactly yeah. Yeah, because I, I hope Sony would – I don't see this as a never-say-never never situation, right? Like, I don't, I don't see this as we're no longer teaming up with Marvel. For now, you know, for the moment, the door is certainly closed. But I think that they probably want to, like you said, putting a Band-Aid over it, trying to make sure the relationship with Marvel is still publicly okay in a sense so that if they do want to come back, maybe we have that opportunity. But, um, guys, let me know what you guys are certainly thinking in regards to uh, Spider-Man. Uh, I feel like this is probably the wrap-up of the the Sony and MCU story. I feel like it's dwindling down just a little bit, but we'll definitely go ahead and keep you guys uh, posted. Um, getting into the next story, though, the next story I want to go ahead and bring up. I, I wanted to bring this up. Now, this is simply just a rumor, but it's a rumor that has certainly fascinated me um, over the past couple of months because we've actually talked about this previous, uh, but there is a rumor currently going around, and this story actually comes from MCU Cosmic um, that talks about the idea that there there could potentially be a, a Dr. Doom uh, Marvel Disney Plus series in development. Um, now, this actually goes back a little bit of a ways. Let me go ahead and kind of uh, get you guys caught up here just a little bit. So the idea is that during the Fantastic Four movie that Fox was certainly doing, they had the writer for Fargo along with Legion write a script for a Doctor Doom movie. Uh, unfortunately, that script was never used, but the script was in fact completed. I believe the, the showrunner, if I'm not mistaken, is Noah Hawley, uh, who does Fargo and Legion as well. Um, he also did mention that he actually had a conversation with Kevin Feige just before the Fox and Disney merger actually happened, where Kevin Feige 
actually inquired to him about the Doctor Doom script and wanting to know if it was in fact complete. Uh, now, because of the fact that the merger was taking place, Noah, along with Feige, couldn't really discuss anything further than that. But this new rumor coming up is talking about the idea that Doctor Doom could potentially have a Disney Plus series coming along. Now, this is what the article says from MCU Cosmic. Again, we're just running with this as a rumor as of right now. Um, let's see here. It says... Um, when Marvel regained the rights to the Fox characters as a result of the Disney Fox purchase, everyone is eagerly awaiting the appearance of one of the greatest villains of all time on the big screen in the way that he deserves to be seen. But if a new rumor is correct, it will be done in the way that hasn't been done before. Um, it does say here that... Um, so it sounds like Marvel Studios wants to do something different than the previous Fantastic Four movies. Uh, and that means that Doom may not be the villain in the very first movie. At the same time, though, they realize how important Dr. Doom is to the MCU. Uh, he could easily step in as top three Marvel villains. Uh, and it does go on to talk about the idea that their source um, lets them know that they do have a, a, a Doom um, series actually in development. And not only that, but there is also talks of possibly a Power Pack uh, MCU series being revealed as well um so indy i want to ask you man um we've kind of heard about this dr doom script being uh thrown around for quite some time um i mean i know you've been a big uh a preacher and like a, a big component for the idea of maybe even keanu reeves coming on as a dr doom also because there were talks that keanu and mcu were in talks with something um so what do you think about this do you think that even though this is just a rumor do you think that there is something to it considering how much we've actually been hearing about it i don't put anything past uh what marvel does because a lot of times i think when we hear rumors is something that they put out there uh to gauge interest on what's going on and i could definitely see dr doom being introduced as a disney plus show um to get you familiar with the character and as a way to segue into the uh fantastic four to put a basis there on what's going on whether it's him working with somebody or him uh setting his plot into motion and that culminating in a movie i mean that would be an amazing way to blend the streaming service and the movie since they said that the the shows on the streaming service would actually be part of the mcu so as long as that's as long as that's what it's going to be that's cool so why not cast somebody like you know keanu reeves who you won't have to do a lot of makeup because you know he he could be behind the mask. You know, throw the mask on to go. Half the time, he probably wouldn't have to be there. Get somebody as tall of him, uh, a body double, and let and let him do the voice. You know what I'm saying? Do the voiceover. I mean, because wasn't isn't uh, Victor Von Doom for the most part like There's lots of ways? He... You... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go go. Uh, Victor Von Doom is what you cut out a little. Oh, bit. Yeah, I know. I was just gonna say, uh, Victor Von Doom for the most part, like before he before he put on his mask, wasn't he like one of the most handsome guys around, sort of thing? Wasn't he like a pretty good looking dude? Yeah, pretty good looking dude. Had a crush on uh the Invisible Woman. You know what I'm saying? Had a crush on Sue Storm. All, all that going on. So I really yeah, feel like fit, man. Keanu with his look would fit. It's other people that can cast in that role, but I just feel like the significance of that role on whether they're going to go to uh 
battle world or you know what i'm saying do the whole god doom thing if they're gonna do something like that doom world uh would be he would be the type of person who would just have that aura you know what i'm saying about him in that role that would define that role so uh i would be cool with that but uh, other than that I'm, I'm cool with anything that they want to do because they haven't missed yet like they they haven't let me down with anything that they've done they made guardians of the galaxy dope uh they actually made me interested in captain marvel you know what i'm saying a character that did wasn't doing well in in comic sales that got rebooted like eight nine times you know actually made her interesting they they got me anticipating she-hulk uh they got a character in doctor strange who really never sold well in the comics like I'm, I'm anticipating his movie more than I'm anticipating another Avengers movie. I mean, they know what they're doing and I'm down for whatever they want to do. Yeah. Uh, as am I, I'm, I'm completely open to it. Like I said, they, they haven't, they haven't let us down whatsoever. And just going back to the article real quick. So it does say, it says they're apparently talking about a lot of different options. And one of them uh, is floating the idea about giving doom a limited series on Disney plus before clashing with fantastic four in the future screen sequel. So it really is talking about also the idea of not having Dr. Doom as the fantastic four is sort of first villain considered the fact that we've have already seen Dr. Doom tried like two or three times already in the past when it comes to uh, Fantastic Four movies. Maybe it's something they certainly want to kind of build uh, you know, build up to. Um, so the idea is, is fascinating to me. It really is fascinating to me. I, I, It's one of those things like I think it would be a really great introduction for Doctor Doom if we're going to have a six episode, eight episode introduction uh, to the actual character, maybe seeing how he becomes Doom himself also. I would be completely okay with that. You would give the op Keanu, Keanu Reeves the opportunity to kind of build upon this character, give him some sort of a tragic story. You can maybe even introduce some of the Fantastic Four characters in here, uh, or you know, considering the fact of just his relationship or past uh, with the Fantastic Four as well. So I I'm really fascinated by the idea, and I'll also go so far as to say this: while this is a rumor, the fact that Noah Hawley, for the most part. I think he just wrapped up Legion, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Legion is finished wrapping as far as like the series as a whole with its third season. Um, the fact that Noah Hawley also is used to writing for television, um, but this, this script that he made, if I'm not mistaken, is for the movies. I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to sit down and talk with Noah and be like, hey, you're used to writing for television. Can we adapt this Dr. Doom movie script into, say, a six-part limited series and maybe even bring Noah Hawley on to do the television series for them in a sense, right? I mean, if Noah Hawley has that experience already with things like Legion, with Fargo, with bringing stuff, something and adapting something to the small screen. Uh, I think, I, I think Disney has something, um, you know, has something here that they can really take advantage of um, if they want to use the talent that they've already um, that, that uh, use the talent of the person that's already written the script. Just bring them on board and be like, hey, you're great when it comes to television. We want to keep you for the television side. Can you make this Dr. Doom series for us? I, I kind of like that concept and idea. Yeah, I, I can definitely rock with that. I really feel that. And well, why not? You know what I'm saying? At, at this point, they they're printing money so they could do what they they could do what they want to do. They're, they're at the point that any idea that they might take a loss still might not even cut into their profit. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, they're they're willing and like I said, when you've done something so well for so long, uh, 
you can take chances and risk in different ways you do because people are accepting accepting of what you're doing because you've given us what we wanted so they had the time to do it like like with the other part of the um the article like you said with the power pack i mean why not because i do believe that if i'm right i'm pretty sure i'm right i th- i think that comment got rebooted in like 2005 you know what i'm saying so power pack i believe so yeah it's something targeted to younger viewers when you have something like the runaways and cloak and dagger doing well you know uh why not do that and also franklin richards at one time was like an honorary member of the power pack it's another way to incorporate that into the fantastic four world for all we know we finna have a whole fantastic four universe they finna spin off of these characters with everybody that they have you know uh been in touch with because they were the first family you know of marvel so why not go and the power pack up they teamed up with the x-men they didn't team up with cloak and dagger you know, they teamed up with the new mutants. It, it's a way to bring all this stuff around in a circle, but also give us characters that some may not know, you know, but still in, they're incorporated with characters that we do know and, and run with it, you know? So I'm, I'm looking forward to what they're doing. I'm actually, if they do that, I'm really looking forward to what a power pack movie or it'll probably do better as a television show, something on the streaming service would actually be in the the way they can introduce the characters because just like we're gonna have a runaways and cloak and dagger crossover i will be chewing at the nails waiting on the cloak and dagger power pack crossover <laughs> yeah that would be pretty impressive if they pull that off i wouldn't i don't know if power pack would be live action or if it would be animated or not uh regardless though i know kevin feige has been big on the idea of power pack he has mentioned it several times so I, that's certain that other rumor certainly would not surprise me whatsoever um and last but not least in regards to dr doom real quick um it would make sense also to certainly bring him in in some capacity, whether or not it's going to be a television series or not. But I do think with Spider-Man leaving, I think the loss of maybe Nor- the idea of maybe Norman Osborn being a big MCU villain, maybe just kind of opens up the door a little bit more for Doctor Doom to kind of shoo his way in and maybe be, be a really big prevalent villain uh, for the next couple chapters of the MCU. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we still have Doctor Doom. We got Kane the Conqueror. Oh, he has uh, a ton to choose from. We got Galactus. I mean, you didn't need a normal Osborne would have been a good Earth based villain. Mm -hmm. But another thing why I feel like the loss of Spider-Man isn't so bad is because we're going more into the cosmic realm when it comes to the Marvel Universe. Uh, The next the mystical, you know, what I'm saying demonic and cosmic realms, especially with these next movies that are coming out uh with uh captain marvel you know uh dr strange uh shang chi and all that um there might not be no room you know what i'm saying for your friendly neighborhood spider-man with everything is you know what's going on because it's only so many times you see spider-man go out in the space you know like <laughs> yeah. uh it didn't he didn't really do too much in space last time so like um it's probably better for them to get back on track with the story that they that they were telling before they tried to you know what i'm saying they kind of shoehorn spider-man in to start off with yeah they so can. if they can get back to what they were doing even without spider-man marvel would be successful but when it comes to uh sony that's all they got so you, you got one chance to get it right so i'm cool with us going ahead because you got the fantastic four to replace spider-man you have the x-men to replace spider-man you have deadpool that can really play spider-man yeah, we, we've got so many new toys 
I, I think people even well, I don't want to say we'll forget about Spider-Man in the MCU, but I definitely do think it will definitely take our take our attention elsewhere. Definitely, Mr. Sinister, Magneto. We really don't need Norman Osborn as far as an Earth-based villain. We have more than enough that are prominent and probably, to be honest with you, could even be more, some deem more popular than what a Norman Osborn was. Yeah, totally, totally agree, man. Uh, before we move on to the next story, is there any comments that have popped up in the chat that have jumped out at you? Uh, there is a few. Let me go up here and grab one. Um it was way up here. They're they going crazy in the chat today. <laughs> okay. I know, I'm looking at the comments. It's like 32 comments. It just keeps going up and up. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, it was a comment about the PlayStation 4 game that I was looking for. I forgot who made it. Uh, because with Sony own, now owning Insomniac, they bought it, and having that that's very successful Spider-Man game that came out, could they make that game canon to what the uh, the Sony Spider-Man universe would be? Because in that game, he had like a technological mask. You know mm. what I'm saying? That 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 he wore okay. to get past that thing we were talking about as far as um, what what would they do with the technology that uh, Tony developed for Peter? Right. That makes sense. Yeah, that could definitely be a way that they get past that. I'm sorry that I can't find your comment, but uh, it's so many on here. <laughs> I got one job to do and I'm doing it badly. <laughs> and shout out shout out to everybody that's watching us live by the way. For everybody that did join us today, thank you very much. Uh let me see if I can shout out some people real quick while you look for a comment. Uh shout out get, drop some name dropping. Shadow Nova, thank you very much for popping in. Same thing goes for Sailor as always. Doomsday's popping up in here. Mr. Porter, thank you very much Mr. Porter. Uh, Edward Sanchez, what's up, buddy? Good to see you as always. Gabriel, I feel like we, we, I feel like we've got our like, our our home team. You know what I'm saying? That come in yeah. on a weekly basis, man. Yeah, yeah, we definitely got that. You know what's bad is that we answered a lot of these questions already. Oh, already talking about it. Okay, hey, that's yeah. cool, man. That's cool. But, but but I would just go ahead and like to highlight something like Porter says. So regardless of how we feel about the situation, can we agree? that Marvel writes in terms of this falls under film, this fall under animation, and this falls under TV. Okay, you oh, just confused me with that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let me read this again. <laughs> Hold on, Mr. Board. So regardless of how we feel about this situation, can we agree that Marvel's rights in terms of this falls under oh, film? Oh, oh, okay. I said that, that Marvel's rights in terms of this falls under film, this falls under animation, and this falls under TV. Oh, is it, I'm assuming maybe he means like three separate different entities, like rights for different things, like yeah. television and then things like that. Yeah, because Marvel does own TV. So uh, TV animation and uh, television shows. Sony owns the film rights. So as long as they're making an animated film or they're making a movie, they own the rights. So Disney can still make Spider-Man cartoons and Spider-Man TV shows. But like I said before, um, Sony can get around the TV thing by having a movie studio develop the show for TV for streaming. That that that's the key thing because streaming isn't seen at doesn't uh, count as television or something mm -hmm. like. It's really weird. It's weird. like in the fine lines how everything is going, but uh, something similar to uh, that equation. Okay, interesting. Yeah, see, I, I I'm I'm really eager for this. Like, I really want to see what Phil uh, with with Lord and Miller. Um, 
are able to do with uh, with the television series. I mean, if they're talking about doing a, a a a universe, maybe something along the lines of like what we have for Arrowverse, you know, something that epic kind of proportion stuff. I mean, I'll take that all day long. So I really do hope um, that they manage to work their way around all this. Um, but um, is there any other comments? Yeah, we got Gabriel. Uh, do you think they'll wait to introduce Doom into the Fantastic Four movie, or do you think he'll be introduced before the Fantastic Four? Uh, well, based off of the rumor, it sounds like if the rumor is true, it sounds as though they want to go ahead and introduce him completely separately from the Fantastic Four, like not even introducing him into the movie, but maybe using a, a television series to build up and introduce us to that character and then have him introduced into the Fantastic Four sequel. Um, so who knows? Maybe we get like Mole Man for our very first Fantastic Four movie, who certainly knows. Uh, but it seems as though that I, I would like them to build up a Doctor Doom character, honestly. Um, if they if they want to make him a prevalent MCU villain instead of him just popping up into a movie, I, I, I personally really love the idea and the concept of a series to build and introduce us to a brand new character similar to what they're doing for the other Disney Plus shows and then bring them into the overall film arc. What do you think, Indy? Uh, I, I believe that'll be the same thing. I think we'll get a slow burn when it comes to the Fantastic. I think you'll get Doom before that, uh, maybe even Phase 6. I think you'll get Doom before that. So we're going to see what happens. I, I honestly think you'll have people have to deal with Doom before the Fantastic Four come in and save the day type deal. Like, like they'll be the ones to pop up and be like, we got this. Kind of like Captain Marvel pops up and just saves the day. I want to so, see how he becomes the leader of like Latveria and stuff. Maybe they'll pop up and he's already there. Like, we don't know how they're going to introduce, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, like, I would like to see his rise to becoming the head of Latveria kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be cool. It, it'd be cool if he became, he took that over right after the decimation. Mm, that would, yeah, like, he could probably play into the story. Yeah. That's something that let him be able to do it because so many people that were in his way, you know what I'm saying, got snapped away. No, that'd and be pretty badass. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I would be all on board for that. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next story. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll do like two more stories and we'll get back to the live chats here. Um, but the next story, we're going to go ahead and continue into the MCU, guys, uh, because Agent Carter has popped back up into the news. Haley Atwell herself uh, has made uh, the news reports as Variety is, in fact, reporting that Agent Carter has actually joined Tom Cruise's next Mission Impossible movie. Uh, she's, uh, I believe it was Christopher McQuarrie who is in fact the writer and director of this series uh, on his IG account he did go ahead and post a picture of if I'm not mistaken the Mission Impossible script along with a picture of Haley Atwell as well uh, to go ahead and let us know that she is in fact joining the cast uh, it does say that Christopher McQuarrie is actually filming Mission Impossible 7 and 8 back to back uh, each planned for release July 2021 uh, and then August uh, 2022 as well. So uh, it does also say that Rebecca Ferguson is expected to return for the sequels alongside Tom Cruise. Uh, but it does in fact look like um, Agent Carter is certainly taking her adventures from the MCU over into the Mission Impossible franchise. And I'm super pumped for this, Indy. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, man? Are you excited to see uh, uh, Haley Atwell in Mission Impossible? Mission Impossible to the MCU confirmed. 
<laughs> yeah, they're all in the same universe, man. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited because I love her as an actress. Um, I love the Agent Carter TV show. I don't know how Steve Rogers is gonna feel about Tom Cruise playing around with his lady, but he gonna have some words, man. Yeah, he gonna have some words. This is honestly something that I'm really, really looking forward to. I didn't. I I was one of them who went. They're making too many missions impossible. It's like I'm tired of seeing these movies. <laughs> but adding somebody like that honestly shows me that they're trying to do something different, and that it should be highly entertaining because she can act her butt off. You know, and we know Tom Cruise is going to run. We know Tom Cruise is going to jump and make all them faces and stuff he does. So it's cool that they're actually taking the time to put actors and actresses around him to just make the movie better. Yeah, I'm I'm so I'm already a really big fan of the um uh the other woman in in the uh, Mission Impossible films, Rebecca Ferguson. I can't remember yeah. what her act what her character name is unfortunately, but I love Rebecca Ferguson, especially ever since she came on board also really great strong female led character for this series. Somebody who I could potentially see that if Tom Cruise wanted to kind of step away, that she could probably easily take over the Mission Impossible franchise if she wanted to. But now you're telling me not only do I get to see Rebecca Ferguson in yet another Mission Impossible movie, but now I get the opportunity to see her along with Haley Atwell all at the same time. Um, so, yeah, count me in, man. I think this is a great casting choice. You are right. She is a really sp a spectacular actress in her own right. So I'm really excited to see what she's going to be able to do, on, not only on the big screen, uh, but also some of her acting chops, her uh, physicality chops from her times from, you know, being in the MCU, what she can do on a bigger stage like Mission Impossible. And I think the sky's the limit for Haley Atwell here, man. I think she's I think she's really going to shine in this film, surrounded by some really great stellar actors. Yeah, definitely. I, I can't wait. We'll see what happens. I'm waiting on the trailer. I'm going to honestly hold my opinion until I get a trailer. When I see the trailer and I get geeked, I see. But you know the trailers will be mostly just Tom Cruise, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's and gonna be doing, showing off some, yeah, showing off some new stunts that he's that he's got doing. You think Haley Atwell does any of her own stunts in here, man? Nah, uh, Gabriel said he's calling it right now. Tom Cruise is going to do a stunts for. He's <laughs> gonna put a wig on. He's like, I got you, girl. I got you. <laughs> that that'd be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what that happens. That, that's that's like a co real cool tidbit of noise. Uh, to, to just get you going. And that's them uh, tapping the Marvel Universe in order to try to big up their sales. Like, look, <laughs> we got a part to watch us too. <laughs> yeah. See how she takes her agent from this one to, to our franchise. Uh, yeah. yeah, I totally agree, man. Take, take, take the opportunity while you can. And I will say this. Um, dang, I just lost my train of thought here for a moment. I had something, and then I lost it. Uh, maybe uh, I'll come back to it. Screw it. No, that's cool. It's only two other agents that could go to that that would make me watch it. Agent Coulson and Agent May. <laughs> yeah, I'm in agreement with that for sure, man. I would absolutely love that. Um, all right, let's go ahead and jump over to our next story. Yeah, I just thought that was a really cool little tidbit of information also. It is one of those things, for me at least, it's always fun to kind of see people that we've grown up in the MCU jumping onto other franchises and also making it big. Not that Haley Atwell wasn't before, uh, but this, I just think it would be really great for her, uh, her career in general. Um, but uh, let's see here. Next story here, guys, that we're going to be getting into um, sticking with the MCU also in television series. We've got some new information in regards to um, 
uh, it looks as though we've got yeah some new information in regards to Hawkeye. Um, the television series here finally has a writer. Um, it looks as though they went ahead and picked up the Mad Men um, writer, Jonathan Igla, to go ahead and do the upcoming Disney Plus series for Hawkeye. Now, Indy, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think either of us have actually watched Mad Men. Is that correct? No, I haven't. And I feel like we're going to get a lot of comments on why we haven't watched Mad Men. Like, what, what are you doing? It was the greatest thing ever. Like, that, I, that's what I normally get. And I'm like, it's just not my my type of thing. Like, it took me forever to watch Breaking Bad. You know, only 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 reason I turned on AMC when when AMC got big for me was Walking Dead. So, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm surprised you came to the Breaking Bad uh, show late, man. Um, I, I loved Breaking Bad, but yeah, Mad, Mad Men for me too was definitely not a series um, I was able to get into very much. I mean, maybe I'll give it another shot now that I know that um, they've acquired him to come on board as the showrunner for the Hawkeye series. Um, but for me, at least, I, I like the story because one, we are seeing that there is development here for the Hawkeye series. We still don't have any casting announcements. I don't know if they've actually even announced a director uh for the fr like for the for the series uh or if they're going to get multiple directors to do different episodes they haven't really focused on that as of yet um so i am going to be fascinated to kind of see uh what else they wind up getting for this particular show uh, but hawkeye is certainly moving along um i believe if i'm not mistaken that's supposed to come out fall of 2021 is that correct indy uh is that is that yeah. when it comes out yeah that's when okay. it's supposed to come out, I do believe. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. Um, I, yeah, may, I, maybe now that they've actually mentioned that this guy has uh, done Mad Men, maybe I'll have to watch a couple more episodes to kind of see what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a critically acclaimed show. Shows aren't critically, especially television shows, aren't critically acclaimed for uh, no reason. Um so I'm pretty curious. I'm feeling kind of good because over in the chat, you know, Porter and Doomsday, both of them never heard of Mad Men. So <laughs> yes. uh, that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, I've heard of the show. I never watched it. Um, it it tend to be the people that I even worked with. Is it, it was older fellows, like you was know. That what I'm saying? The, was that the series that was it? John Ham was he? I think I think so. Was I think they the, the lead guy there. Yeah. Uh, pardon me while I do what I do best in Google. <laughs> yeah, I, Google stuff we should have had uh, beforehand. So, um, yeah, he was, yeah, right? was Don Ham. Yeah, playing Don Draper. Okay, I was like, I know, I, I was like, I, I know, I've seen like, I know, I've seen like maybe an episode or two of the show but it's been years since i've had the opportunity to do so but I, I thought that was just pretty neat that uh we do have ourselves a showrunner for hawkeye um but let's go ahead and get into our next story man um this is a story that i'm re i really want to talk with you about because i want to get your uh uh, get your thoughts on this but um recently there have been rumors uh in regards to a lot of character cameos that we should be getting for the upcoming crisis on infinite earths uh one of the rumors that have been swirling around for the longest time is will we get any smallville characters to show up in crisis on infinite earths trust me we've seen uh, countless articles saying uh, michael rosenbaum's gonna be in it tom welling's gonna be it no they're not gonna be in it it's been all over the place, man. Even the even the 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 showrunners for Crisis on Infinite Earths have talked about 
if there's anybody that they want to get for the crisis, it's a Smallville cast member, but nothing has been confirmed. So I bring this up simply because just recently, um, comicbook.com uh, did go ahead and actually sit down. I think they were at a fan expo where Tom Welling, along with Michael Rosenbaum, both attended. Uh, and this is what Tom Welling had to say. He says, uh, whatever this crisis thing uh, you guys are talking about, it's not happening. He says, sorry to disappoint you guys. Michael's doing it, but I'm not as he's laughing. So he's laughing while he's saying this. And then it goes on to say, Welling was appearing on the panel alongside his co-star, Michael Rosenbaum. Um, Rosenbaum was quick to point out, though, that Welling was kidding. He says, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, he's messing around. First of all, the question about infinite crisis thing, no one has even talked to us, is what Rosenbaum says. He says, so online, when I go, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So we don't know anything about this stuff. So let me ask you, Indy, this is crisis on infinite earths, man. This is as big as it gets when it comes to DC television and their huge event for the year. They've, they've been giving us some banana cameo announcements already. Kevin Conroy is as Bruce Wayne, Bru Burt Ward, possibly returning as an old school Robin, some crazy cameos. Do you think we will be getting a Smallville cameo? And if so, do you think it's Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum or one of the other? Or do you, do you think this is just all smoke and mirrors until we actually get ourselves uh, an actual cameo? Do you think we'll see them, sir? Lana Lane to the Arrowverse confirmed. <laughs> oh, you think uh, you think that's who they're going to be acquiring, huh? Uh, that's who's already been. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why not? I mean, she's always there. She's always popping up on some show on the CW. So that'll probably be the easiest way to swing. But no, I think it's something where like with a lot of surprise cameos, they're not going to let you know they're going to they're going to fend it off. They're going to fend it off until they're allowed to tell you that they're going to be a part of it. But for me, they don't even have to have cameos as their characters. It could just be them two as themselves, as Tom Welling and Mike Rosenblum sitting, <laughs> sitting back, something happens, and they're giving commentary about what's going on. You know, like him making fun of the way Brandon Roth looks in the uh, Kingdom Come suit. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like something like that. Like, I would have wore that better. You know, like just, just <laughs> something like that, and I'd be cool with it. You know, uh, the only thing I want is Michael Rosenbaum to tell me how bad the Lex uh, was in uh, Batman vs Superman. That that's that's all I need him to do is to be talking to Tom Welling about yeah that movie sucked because they got that character all wrong. That's all I need him to do. But what if we, do what, I, if we don't, what if we don't get Michael Rosenbaum back, but we get Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> I'll make my exit from the Arrowverse. <laughs> to be honest with you, I will stop watching CW DC television if they do that to me. <laughs> I really would. But uh, if they're not there, it, the cast list is kind of full already. So I, I, they will be missed, but I don't think it will bother me that much. But if they are there, it will be like a geek out moment if, if they're part of it. So I'm for either way, but I do want them to show respect to the show that came before them because without, you know what I'm saying, Smallville, there would not be an Arrowverse because there, that was one of the first really successful, to me, people keep going to Lois and Clark and stuff like that. But to me, no, Smallville for my generation was one of the real successful 
uh, television shows to be had because Lois and Clark to me was uh, always geared towards an older demographic. Yeah, going based off of what you said, man, I, I think you made a really good point about the idea of Smallville really being the ones that kind of paved the way for the superhero genre as we know it. I mean, look, no disrespect and not taking anything away from series like Lois and Clark, which I was a big fan of, even the 90s Flash kind of series, you know. I mean, yes, they are certainly in their own right, certainly helped pave the way. But when it comes to Smallville for our modern era, Smallville definitely was that. And it is one of those things where, I mean, heck, Erica Durance, uh, who played Lois Lane, if I'm not mistaken, from Smallville, has actually been in the Arrowverse as um, as Supergirl's mom, I think, is what she's playing in the series as well. So they have nitpicked and like cherry picked characters from Smallville before to be in uh, uh, this uh, Arrowverse. So I'm certainly hoping that they do it again. Uh, for me, a part of me feels as though this is all smoke and mirrors. Uh, I, I part of, a part of me feels like in agreement with you that they, they, they clearly know something that maybe they just don't want to come out and talk about it. Um, if they don't show up, that's that's perfectly fine. But I really feel as though that would be a really missed opportunity because I really do feel as though somebody like a Tom Welling and a Michael Rosenbaum would probably really like the idea to come back uh, and reprise their roles in, in whatever capacity that it certainly would be. Because um, I do think that they hold their characters in really high regards, right? Like they know their show Smallville helped sort of pave the way. Um, so I think they would really take the opportunity to be on board with this if they got the opportunity to. So I do think that they maybe you're just kind of throwing things out there to kind of take us off their tracks in a sense, and then maybe allow us to actually have a really good sort of surprise uh, come crisis on infinite earths. That's exactly what, at least that's what I'm hoping for. If they're not there, I won't be mad. I will be a little bit disappointed though, honestly, but it's not going to ruin the crossover event for me. I just think it would be a really great homage to a fantastic show that came before everything else. And one that I think uh, helped grow a really big generation of, of superhero fans based off of that show also. So look, for me, I, I want Michael Rosenbaum. I want to see multiple different types of Lex Luthers. Even if he doesn't come back as our Lex, maybe he comes back as a different version of a Lex Luthor. I would be okay with that. But the scene that I really want to see, I want to see multiple Supermans. I really want to see multiple Supermans. We're, we're going to have Brandon Ralph. We're going to have Tyler coming back as Superman. If I can get a Tom Welling in some form of a Superman costume, I, I would be completely okay with that, honestly. So give it to me, man. No Dean Kane. Yes, throw Dean Kane in there. Even if Homeboy's out of shape, I don't really care, man. Like. Let's get him from chest up shots only. I don't I don't care. But I want to see Homeboy in, in a costume. If he can fit in the costume, we haven't seen Dean Kane in forever. Maybe Homeboy's working out. Maybe he's doing the Ben Affleck regiment. Who knows? Like I would just love to see Dean Kane also attached to that as well. If you can, if you can get the people, if you can get them, please get them. Uh so 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 I'm kind of curious to know what the what everybody else is thinking, though. Do they think they'll be on board? No, but does that take away from the fact that this is culminating in the season finale of Arrow? Like, uh, like well, I, I don't necessarily think so. I think it, it, it depends on how you tell the story. You know what I mean? Like th all these characters don't necessarily even have to be focused on in the Arrow episode 
you know, for the crossover. You know what I mean? That could be very much just Oliver sort of heavy in a sense. And when I'm saying that I want to see these people, they don't even have to have big involvement in there. You know what I mean? Give me like a quick one minute glance over shot, you know, because we're going to have people like Black Lightning that are going to be in this crisis that isn't going to have a big part to play so i wouldn't be surprised if we just see characters in the background just sort of fill just to fill up the shot um instead of actually giving them a prominent role i, I definitely feel you on that I, I could definitely understand that uh that would make the supergirl episode more interesting <laughs> yeah can you imagine man if we got a supergirl episode with like three or four other uh supermen there Se seg segue to supergirl uh we got a comment from mr porter who says, so I find it hard to get into Supergirl as it seems really American centric. And as a non-American, I find it a bit annoying. I feel like people that aren't American find Americans annoying in general. Like I feel like if you <laughs> I feel like in general. But yeah, it is very American centric though. Yeah, well, the whole Superman, Supergirl uh mythos is really, really made after the where white and blue. Um yeah, truth American, truth in American justice. So I could definitely understand what you say, but it, it Supergirl, the show seems deemed more on um catering to uh what's going on today. Uh mm -hmm. the, the show team seems like it doesn't want to take any chances and wants to make everybody happy. And that seems to be America today. They just want to make everybody happy. You don't want to take no chances, uh, most people. But well, um, for me, for me at least, I feel like I feel like Supergirl's probably taking the most chance by making everything so today. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Supergirl's gotten bashed for like feeling that they're pushing all these agendas. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I also feel like when the show was going through, uh, when it's having ratings issues and things like that, that I don't know if they were pushing that agenda to really push it or if they pushing that agenda for ratings. Yeah, well, and that, this was really the first season where we really kind of got that push of an agenda. But the previous seasons were not like that. No, so I want to see how that affects uh, Supergirl going forward because that's one of the shows where I feel like it might be on the fence Mm -hmm. to uh, go somewhere else, especially if Batwoman takes off. Because if Batwoman takes off, uh, they might feel like, what do we do Supergirl for? Because, you know, the the, bat, the Batman characters are more popular characters to start off with. So, Well, I will be interested to see what they do with this season of Supergirl. Um, Supergirl um, feels as though it is getting a little bit of a change um, with her new costume and suit. She looks like she's maturing a little bit more, growing into more of a full-fledged woman in a sense, kind of finally finding herself and who she is. And So I I'm fascinated to see how that more mature aspect of the character translates to maybe a more mature show at least that's what i'm certainly hoping for so i, I can definitely understand my supporter like if if um if it's hard to certainly get into um i think regardless if it's american or or not american i feel like some people do find it hard to get into supergirl already as it is um at least that's that's how i feel i think like when i when i compare and think about all the other dc television shows I feel like while I certainly don't mind Supergirl, I feel like when you mention them, maybe Supergirl's like at the lowest rank for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like Superman, Supergirl, their best stories have been with teams or leagues, you know, because that's when the that's when the big threat comes is big enough to actually challenge them, to do what they need to do. It's hard to find a 
challenge power for power with these type of superheroes who are beyond human capability, who are somewhat gods. Uh, the issue is trying to write them more of the challenge of them trying to be human and be normal and have a normal life and uh, try to relate them to people, which nobody can really relate to because none of us have superpowers and we're trying to be normal. It's different from when you go from normal to all of you all of a sudden having superpowers. It's a little bit more relatable. So it, it's it's kind of hard, even in the comics for me, to really vibe with Superman, Supergirl, uh, Hope, you know, different things like that all the time when they're just uber powered. I like more of the the Black Widows, the Captain Americas, the the Arrows, who you know, you you feel like they really have a chance to lose when it comes to going up against some of these superpower villains and stuff that they have. You always feel like Superman, the Supergirl, they're gonna fly into the sun, come back super powered, and you know, it it'd be over with. So I can I can understand how the writers have an issue on trying to make the show more interesting. But uh, this season, to me, they actually did a better job than they did the first couple of seasons. And uh, writing a compelling storyline. So I'm interested in what they're doing for the next season. Yeah, I, mean, I actually was a, I actually was a, 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 a big fan of this season. Um, I feel like they took a lot of the character, they took a lot of chances and risks with a lot of the characters. I feel as though they explored storylines for a lot of the characters that I, in, going in directions for these characters I wasn't expecting. Uh, and I feel as though the, the payoff was really good in regards to some of the storylines that they definitely wanted to tell. So despite how some people probably felt about the agendas and things like that, um, I, I really don't want that to overshadow what the last season of Supergirl was like, um, because I think there is a lot of good, uh, good elements of storytelling in there uh, for this past season of Supergirl. But um, uh, let's go ahead and get on to our next story. And then we'll go ahead and get into some more comments. But the next story that I want to go ahead and talk with you guys, uh, we've got two more stories left here, guys. So um, the upcoming story here, we're going to get into some DC movie talk for you guys. Um, as as you recall, James Gunn currently does have a movie in development here for The Suicide Squad. The re reboot slash sequel slash whatever you want to call it from DC is certainly coming our way. Um, but it looks as though Deadline is, in fact, reporting more casting news as it does look like Peter Capaldi from Doctor Who uh, is in talks to go ahead and join Suicide Squad along with possibly Pete Davidson from SNL. Um, so the deadline report says exclusive. We hear that Doctor Who actor and 1995 Oscar winner Peter Capaldi is boarding James Gunn's The Suicide Squad at Warner Brothers. Uh, it says the deal is still coming together. Word is that there is a table read for the DC sequel on September 11th with production actually starting 12 days later at Pinewood Studios in Atlanta for an August 6, 2021 release date. Um, no details were given, though, about the roles for Davidson or especially Capaldi. So I really bring this this story up because one, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. I don't know if you watch Doctor Who, if you followed it at all, Indy, but I'm a huge Peter Blasphemy. What? Blasphemy. You, you, you do watch it? Yes, that's blasphemy. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember, man. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember. But I want to bring it up because I love me some Peter Capaldi. I mean, he for me, he's like my second favorite doctor that we've gotten so far, with the first doctor being David Tennant, of course. Um, and then give me some Peter Capaldi. I know you're probably like, give me some Matt 
Smith, give me some Matt Smith. Get out of here with Matt Smith. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, this is, I, I do I do like Matt Smith, but he, he, he look to each his own. But for me, I love Peter Capaldi. Um, I don't exactly know what role this is going to be for Suicide Squad, but you tell me Peter Capaldi is going to be teaming up with um, uh, James Gunn for Suicide Squad. Man, count me in. Count me in, Indy. Are you are you excited for this news, sir? I've never been so excited and so unexcited for news in my life. I've never wanted to see a movie so bad and then turn around and be like, nah, I don't know if I want to see that because uh, Peter Capaldi would make me watch anything. anything. Yeah, anything. anything. But Davidson? No. Nope. Nah, I'm, I'm nope. good. Get out of here. You know, I'm he probably, I don't even think he probably has a big role. Like, I, I, I can't. He's probably like just pops in and out. Uh, uh, what, what's that song his ex made that 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 okay next or, or whatever it is like? Yeah. I don't need him in a movie at all. I don't know. I, I don't. I still don't understand how he's famous. Like I don't. <laughs> Nick Cannon, you see what you did to the world? You let Pete Davidson out on us. So, but no, Peter Capaldi is an amazing actor. Um, I joke about Davidson because Davidson is funny. He's funny. He's just really, really annoying at times. But uh, anything with Peter Capaldi in it, and this just lets you know that uh, Gunn and them are very serious about what they're doing with Suicide Squad. And this is possibly the same route they, sh they should have went with the first movie, is take their time, cast really dope actors, and, and make a movie where characters mean more than just cannon fodder. You know what I'm saying? Because we watched that first Suicide movie, and half the team was just cannon fodder. Like, <laughs> uh, what's his name? The one guy died like the first five minutes of the movies, and it's, it's just weird. But I trust Gunn. I trust Gunn with almost everything he does, and I trust Peter Capaldi more than I trust almost any other actor, period, uh, not named The Rock or Denzel. So let's go with it. Yeah, I, I'm completely on board with it. Um, I, I can't remember how many seasons of uh Doctor Who he was certainly in. Um, something tells me like maybe like three or four seasons. I, I certainly could be wrong. Um, uh, but if guys, would you, would you say? I believe it was four. Yeah, maybe like four seasons or so. I think he's had like two different types of companions with him also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, also. But guys, if you haven't checked out Doctor Who, um, please go ahead and do so. If you're really big into sci-fi, I'm going to tell you right now, this this show is definitely sci-fi, guys. So it, for, it, it could be hit or miss, certainly for some people. It could be too out there at times. But if you really do love just true sci-fi adventures, definitely go ahead and check out um, uh uh, Doctor Who. I mean, you could start off with the David Tennant stuff. You know what? I would actually say start off with just the reboot from 2005 and just work your way up to current, man. Uh, Christopher Eccles, what's it? Chris Chris Eccleston, Eccleston, I believe is in it. He was like the one of the newest Doctors. Then we had David Tennant, Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi. It, the list goes on and on, guys. But if you haven't checked out Doctor Who, please certainly go ahead and do so because Peter Capaldi for me was absolutely fantastic as the don't Doctor. Forget about, don't forget about the companions, neither. Oh, you can't. You can't forget about the companions, man. Definitely can't forget about, forget about the companions. One of the companions is getting kind of big too. She's she's Ooh, in a lot uh, of Karen? movies. Yes, she's in a lot of movies. Yeah, she certainly is. She's actually um there are times when it like hit or miss for me when it comes to when it comes to her, though. I can't lie. Yeah, but hey, she's doing nothing. 
<laughs> yeah, she, cer she certainly is. Uh, let's see here. Um, next story, guys. This is actually going to be our last story for the day before we go ahead and get into um, any of your guys' uh, questions. Um, but let's guys, we got to talk about some Robert Pattinson. This is actually his first interview. Robert Pattinson just came out this week. He had his first interview with Variety.com since the announcement of him being the brand new Batman for us, guys. So Variety.com, Robert Pattinson on becoming Batman and why the lighthouse is just weird enough. He actually does have a brand new movie called Lighthouse that also stars William Dafoe. Uh, it looks weird and trippy, needless to say, but uh, Robert Pattinson is coming back guys he's coming back after twilight he's kind of went away did his indie thing um went ahead and, and honed his craft to become an amazing actor uh, he's got an upcoming film with christopher nolan in tenant next year uh and now he's also tapped to go ahead and be the upcoming batman uh so when he was sitting down with variety variety says that this is his first interview since being anointed the dark knight and it still seems to be pinching himself about being next in line uh he says uh robert pattinson and says when i was a kid um the batman outfit was the only outfit that i had he says but um he says if i actually oh it says but he won't reveal where he used to wear his batman costume he says if i actually said it in an interview i would definitely have a lot of uh <laughs> i would definitely have a lot of abuse afterwards is what he said um, he says that when uh, Pattinson was named as the front runner for the role, the backlash on social media was intense. There was even a petition that surfaced to go ahead and ask them to reconsider. Um, and then he says, but Pattinson is surprisingly upbeat about the mixed reactions. He says, to be honest, it was uh, it was less uh, ventriolic. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> so it's less vitriolic uh, than I was expecting. Uh, it was much more fun uh, than, oh, he says it's much more fun when you're an underdog. Uh, there's no expectations for you. Um, vitriolic. Yes. Criticism or malice. Haha, <laughs> see, you're my Google guy, man. <laughs> Bringing up those definitions. Thank you, sir. Um. He also goes on to say, let's see, I'm trying to see where the other stuff is at in regards to um, him being a part of Batman. He actually goes on to say that Pat Pattinson actually reveals he had an informational meeting with Marvel around the time of Guardians of the Galaxy, but nothing came of it. He says, I don't know what I would. He's, I don't know what I would really be chasing. The idea of trying that transition after Twilight, I never saw a road in that direction. Uh, Batman was different because he was the only comic book character Pattinson always loved. It's actually an interesting part, he says. I think it's because he doesn't have any superpowers. Um, trying to see what else he says in regards to that. Yeah, it looks like that's pretty much all that he's saying as of right now. He did say that he did try on the costume, though, as well, surprisingly. Uh, which I didn't because I believe they said that he actually had um, to do like a, a test, if I'm not mistaken, in front of the camera uh, with the bat suit on and things like that. Um, I'm trying to find the comment that he made there during in regards to it, though. But um, it's not popping up for me here for some particular reason. But anyway, Andy, um, give me your thoughts just in general in regards to uh, Battenson over here um, as Batman and the idea of him actually coming out and talking a little bit about it. Uh, about time. Uh, I was for the casting when the casting was made. 
Uh, I got geeked when the casting is made and thought it might be bat. He might be cast as Batman who laughs. That that's what I thought at first. And then when I figured out what they were doing with the movie, going the whole noir route, I was like, all right, that's dope. I really feel like he could do it. The man can act. Definitely a better actor than Ben Affleck. Has a love for the media that the character is coming from. So why not give him a chance? You know that that's the way it goes. Um, it he looks the part. You know, he he looks like a young Bruce Wayne. Uh, he could do the grizzled, been through stuff, you know, with the with the patchy beard. He could do whatever he wants to do. Uh, but I think the only perception that people have from him is Twilight. And Twilight was so universally loved and hated at the same time because I'm sorry, my vampires don't twinkle. <laughs> uh, I can understand because I, I would say that Twilight birthed, you know what I'm saying, the true blood craze. Because mm. because vampires started getting sparkly and sexy, you know, I, I'm not for it. But he played his role in that movie. If you if you look at how his role, how he acted, like he was one of the best actors in that movie compared to everybody else in there. He played his role. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. So I look for him doing the same thing in this, and I'm glad that he came out and let us know the fan base because that that's the one thing we always go for do you know the source media are you a fan of what you're doing and even if he's not he said all the right things to make me go okay cool i'm at ease with this casting yeah he also he does also go on the variety report does goes on and say he says uh, he's been chasing batman for much longer than anyone knew uh, uh pattinson had heard that reeves was working on a script that reimagines bruce wayne in the younger years of his life pattinson says uh, I'd had Batman in my mind for a while. It's such an absurd thing to say. I sort of had an idea to do it, and I'd been prodding Matt. Uh, he didn't accept uh, any prods. Uh, he says, I just kept asking to meet with him. Uh, and eventually, he says, when Reese finally finished the script, he relented and agreed to meet in Los Angeles. And then I had to kind of try and imagine what he'd written. And I hadn't even read the script. Uh, I'd come with this pad full of notes. Uh, and then as discussions continued, Pattinson arrived in Keynes in May and all hell broke loose in the press and, and things like that. So it seems as though he he actually had the idea to be batman when he found out it was being written he himself actually approached matt reeves homeboy had a, a pad full of notes already and was kind of ready to go and uh, when they asked him about the suit also he says yeah i put it on i remember saying to matt it does feel quite transformative he was like, well, I hope it does. You're literally in the bat suit. Uh, and then he says, Pattinson describes what the moment was like. He says, you do feel very powerful immediately. And it's pretty astonishing, something that is incredibly difficult to get into. So the ritual of getting into it is pretty humiliating. He says, you've got five people trying to shove you into something. Once you've got it on, it's like, yeah, I feel strong. I feel tough, even though I've had to have someone squeezing my butt cheeks into the legs. Like, so I, 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 I love everything that he's certainly saying so far in regards to this. This does show me some of what you said was the fact that Robert Pattinson 
uh, knows this role. He wants this role, right? It's not like they came and approached him about it. He's had this passion and he's been a big fan of Batman for a really, really long time. And so the fact that he went from something like Twilight um, had talks with Marvel to potentially jump from Twilight into another big franchise. The fact that he that that he didn't go that route, um, I think, was probably really great for his career in regards to at least allowing him to go off and do other independent things, hone his craft a little bit. And now he's getting more recognition than he's ever gotten before, um, simply because of how good he's become over the years. And now that he feels he's at that level in his career, why not now go ahead and attach yourself to something big? When people are, are, are trying to get you on board to some of their projects, take full advantage of this. So I love the fact that he went to Matt, Matt Reeves had notes already prepared before even reading the script and really pushing him on his own self to try and become Batman. And it certainly seemed as though it definitely paid off. So regardless of what people think or only remember him as his Twilight time, we do have to remember that, guys, that Twilight was like 10 years ago. All right. People can progress and change and become better within that time period. So, again, I would highly recommend that if you're feeling a certain way about Robert Pattinson as Batman, please go back and check out some of his old work if you can. Um, see some of his independent films to really get an idea of what you're getting as a Batman. Again, he does have a brand new movie coming out in The Lighthouse uh, that's going to be dropping here soon. Uh, and then also next year, the Christopher Nolan film in Tenet. So I, I'm eager. I, I will say this, Indy. It does feel as though everybody that gets into a bat suit at one point of time always has to complain about the difficulty of getting into the suit. Had they not ha had the costume designers not gone with the times and made things easier, man? I don't think it matters. As long as it looks good, that's all they care. And the, the tight form fitness suit is what 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 goes. So push them butt cheeks into that suit and, and get it going. Just make sure you got a zipper for when he needs to go. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, it looks like as though we're both really eager to see what Robert Pattinson is definitely going to bring to the screen. Um, I'm just glad that he actually came out and talked about it. Um, this is really his first interview since being casting also. Um, so I think it's great for the fans to be able to hear what he finally has to say in regards to that particular role. So hopefully now that he's come out, uh, maybe some of the, the noise will kind of die down in regards to it as well. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm really interested in what this movie is going to be. Um, I'm waiting for more casting uh, to hear more names casted. And I'm just I'm, I'm curious to if this is going to be the movie that, you know, gets Batman back on track. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And I think once we get casting, they'll probably help us get a better idea of what it is that this movie is certainly going to be. Maybe an idea of supporting cast, maybe even villains announced um so hopefully things will start rolling soon i thought production is supposed to start here um like early january if i'm not mistaken or early this year i can't i can't remember but um i do know for the most part that production should be starting soon um so we'll, we'll see how it winds up turning out um is there anybody in the live chat that are saying any particular comments that jump out at you in regards to any of the past couple of stories that we've talked about uh, uh we'll we yeah, we got a couple. I want to highlight this. It's like, did they not give Batman a power to where if he dies without an heir, uh, it will release an Eldritch monster? <laughs> um, yeah, but like most stuff, uh, there's a lot of different universes, a lot of different canon. So that's something that did not stick. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's 
um yeah that that would be a curious way to approach uh maybe another cartoon run rather than the movie run but uh yeah yeah they they did that once i like that what else do we got uh we also have not gonna pop this up but uh somebody wants to know mr porter wants to know can we get a frankenstein for the next monster craze because you know we're talking about the vampires he's like mm. it's not the monster I well, do we, oh go ahead no i no go ahead because i already know where you're going with this go ahead oh no i was gonna say i i know universal was working on a, a monster universe that unfortunately just really hit rock bottom before it even got started like they literally announced all these movies that they were going to be making and they had like people cast and everything and i think it was the mummy if i'm not mistaken was the first one off the that they were going to try and do and that didn't work yeah, um yeah they did like a Luke Evans Dracula one too uh yeah I the one I thought they were yeah they were going to do a Dracula yeah they were going to do a Dracula one but I thought they should have just went off of the one Dracula movie the one Dracula origin that they had I cannot remember the name it might have been called Dracula you know what I'm talking about I think that's the one with Luke Evans I think yeah that one of the best Dracula movies I have ever seen in my life that was a really good movie I felt like they should have built something off of that but uh Nah, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon um, because you just can't get past them. We just can't get out the realm of vampires being sexy. I mean, even Disney has made vampires sexy and had like a vampire high school movies and all that stuff. If we can get out the realm of vampires being sexy and get them back to being scary, uh, uh, we'll be good. But um, it's, it's not going to happen. It's too much money in cuddly, nice monsters rather than stuff being scary and stuff now. So. Yeah, I mean, I I would be okay with more monster movies, though. Like, if they're really going to legit give me a monster movie. I mean, you know, if you, you talk about the idea of maybe bringing back Frankenstein, they did back in 2014. That movie was called I, Frankenstein, and it was complete trash. Um, I think it's uh, – I'm trying to remember who the actor was that starred – oh, Aaron Eckhart, who played um, Two-Face in Dark Knight. He played the character Frankenstein, I believe, um, and they kind of made it more into a fan fantasy sci-fi than actually like a horror sort of monster element but that completely bombed five percent rotten tomato score uh for i frankenstein back in 2014 so combine that with the failed universal monster project while i would be okay with another frankenstein movie it, it, I, they probably won't pull the trigger on that for at least another five to ten years, man. I, I I can't imagine that you would you would you would drop something like that. But I would be open to it if I knew it was certainly going to be done right and them not get ahead of themselves. So. All right, and we got uh, Shadow Nova. Uh, just making a comment that uh, Peter Capaldi could actually looks like he could play Count Vertigo. Ooh, I would kind of dig that. I would be I would be on board with that for sure. That's a good 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 pre-casting. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. The Shadow Noble's normally good with the castings. You know, you could always you can always count on him for a casting or two. Uh, for sure. Um, before we get back to the live chats real quick, um, uh, let's go ahead and jump into some questions that you guys have certainly asked. Um, as always, uh, the day before uh, we go live, we go ahead and post on our YouTube community page the opportunity for you guys to go ahead and submit your questions beforehand. Uh, and we've got a few today. So let's go ahead and jump into these, uh, Indy. Uh, first one comes from Doomsday. Thank you very much, Doomsday, as always. He says, if you could rewatch any of the Marvel Studio movies, which movie would it be and why, Indy? Captain America, Winter Soldier. 
<laughs> Man, that was my that was my answer, and you completely <laughs> took it. Not <laughs> you asked me first, um, because that was uh, the Russo brothers' first movie. It was a change in the way movies were shot, and it is literally to this day, to me, the best uh, Marvel studio movie made to date. It had everything you needed. Uh, took a, it kind of took away the whole superpower thing, you know, like even though Cap has superpowers, but it seemed more grounded in reality. It still has the best fight scene ever in a Marvel movie, that elevator fight scene. It was just really, really dope. If I had to pick one, um, give me, I'll stick with Captain America, but I'm going to go First Avenger. And I'll go First Avenger, and this is not a movie that I'm a big fan of. Like, I'm not a big fan of First Avenger, but I feel like every time that I watch it, I do come to appreciate it just a little bit more each time. Like, and I mean, when I say a little bit more, I mean like a, like, like a smidge, like a smidge more. Okay. Cause I, it's still like in the middle half, lower half of my rankings, but it is, it is a film, I think because of what, um, what Chris Evans was able to do with the character, what the Russo brothers were able to do with the character in regards to building them. And now knowing how sort of the Captain America arc sort of, uh, ends and and things like that and ties up. Uh, going back to watch very the, the first Avenger, especially if you watch it first. Like if you're if you're literally trying to have like an MCU marathon and you go timeline wise and you watch Captain America first, I, I that is one way that I appreciate that movie more is watching it at the beginning of the timeline than anything else. So um, th that is a movie that I would certainly would re fight as pleased with it as others. But uh, let me go ahead and get into the next question here. <laughs> Jessica, uh, Jessica, we got, you, you got, you got to switch it up, Jessica. I, I love you, Jessica, in regards to always coming through with our questions. Jessica Fryman, if you could pick a character for Supergirl to have his or her own show, um, who would you pick? Did you pick one last week? Because we answered this question last week for Jessica, if I'm not mistaken. Um, did you answer that last week? Uh, the character that. for Supergirl? Because I think for me, I meant I said Martian Manhunter. And you yeah, said who? I said the Guardian. I believe last oh, week. Oh, the Guardian. That's right. Yeah. That's right. yeah, I would. I would definitely take one of those. Also, um, next question here says uh, this is from Sexy Ford. I think he might have actually just added this one, Indy. He says, uh, "Can't." It's more of a comment, but it says, um, "Can't wait to see Tom Welling reprise his role as Clark." <laughs> well, first off, okay, here we go. Is Sexy Ford says, "Can't wait to see Tom Welling reprise his role as Clark Kent in the Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover." I hope he is written well, and it's going to be interesting seeing three different Clark Kent Superman. I heard rumors Michael Rosenbaum was also returning from Smallville to the crossover as another alternate Lex Luthor. So, real quick, Sexy Ford. So, none of that's been confirmed. None of that's been confirmed. Tom Welling hasn't been confirmed to be on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Neither has Michael Rosenbaum. All of that has simply just been complete rumors. Uh, we just had a, an article that we just talked about recently where uh, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum both jokingly, maybe seriously, both hints at the idea that they don't know what's going on. Nobody talked to them from CW. A little hard to believe, but who knows? So they are disputing these particular rumors. Uh, but I personally would love to see them. And we just brought up the idea also about maybe Michael Rosenbaum coming back as Lex, but maybe an alternate version also. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's probably going to happen. I'm, I'm right, like, like I, 
like it's I'm, potentially happen. I'm like 60 40 on it like 60 percent gonna happen 40 percent not but um, we'll see what happens and it'll really be interesting so uh I look forward to it yes as am I as am I uh next question comes from Mr Porter uh okay so here we go so what do you think of people calling people out after they skim read a comment for example if DC were to announce that they would be making a new Under the Red Hood film and someone were to comment that if the comics are anything to go by, Red Hood is most likely going to be Jason Todd. Then someone who skims skips the what? Oh, he, he skims skips and says the DC films aren't the comics and you're stupid for using the comments. Uh, so what do you think about people that call people out after just skimming through comments, Indy? They're stupid. <laughs> uh, you, you heard it from me right here. They're stupid because uh, stupid. If, yeah, if anything, DC tends to be more comic based than Marvel. You know what I'm saying? Ever is. So um, the dark, the Dark Knight movie series was, you know, kind of based on the Dark Knight. You know what I'm saying? Conversation. I mean, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I to I totally understand what he's saying. It is yeah. so annoying. It's so it many times I made I made informed comments. That's the problem. The people who are making these comments talking about it most likely will be Jason Todd or anything on the internet, they're making informed comments because they're fans of the source material. Uh, Red Hood, if Red Hood was anybody other than Jason Todd, there would be a huge issue with the movie. That That's just, that's just the way it goes. So uh, when they got to remember, when they're making these movies, they're making majority of it for fans of the source material. So they're going to have something to do uh, about it. Uh, and, and and it's going to go. I, I can't stand it. Then people are stupid. They need to stop. And sometimes I think they do it just because they want a reaction to start off with. It's just trolls in the comments. Yeah, they I was going to say, if anything, it's probably just trolls in the comments. Just I honestly, I just I just ignore it. Like, especially if you kind of know what you're talking about, right? Like you said, if you're if you're leaving an informed comment, uh, a comment or not, even if it's informed or not, right? I mean, I just feel like people that want to get on other people's cases or comment like that towards other people's comments, like you said, are just completely stupid. If you can just ignore it, just go ahead and ignore it. And my thing is, is like it, just from that comment, like if it, as an example, right? The idea of like that's DC film, uh, that DC films aren't the comics and you're stupid for using the comics. Clearly, I feel like that person is not a comic book fan. You know what I mean? Fact. Like, <laughs> like cl clearly, yes, they like if they're a comic book fan, they understand the idea that yes, while like you can still take things from the comic books, Right. Like even though that they're not maybe putting the actual page to screen, there are still ideas and concepts from the comic books that do carry over to the DC film. So whoever makes a comment like that clearly doesn't read comics or have any idea what comic books are technically all about or how it works. Exactly. <laughs> so all you people who are in the comments saying that the movies don't have anything to do with the comments, relax. Because without the comics, there would be no movies. <laughs> yeah. So, in other words, my supporter, people that make comments like that, they're stupid. Just ignore. They're just trolls. They're looking for attention. Um, but uh, let's see here. Last question comes from Sailor. Sailor actually has two questions for us. Uh, let me go with the short question first here. Um, what DC team ups that have not happened yet would you like to see? 
I feel like DC's done every team of you can imagine, right? I, I don't know if that's necessarily television or comic book wise, though. Is if if he means that, um, I would like. I'm just gonna go uh, television wise. Um, I would like to see. I want to see this iteration of Doom Patrol with our current iteration of Titans. Like, like, like we we kind of already gotten ourselves a brief glimpse of that from Titans season one, but I want to see like a full fledged this team and this team sort of team up, especially after how successful Doom Patrol season one was. That's another crossover I would like to see. My question, my answer is just three words, real simple, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Justice League Dark. Mm. Who wait? Well, who would they cross over with though? You just mean like characters crossing over to become a okay? I got you. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. That works. Uh, let's see here. Uh, next question for a sailor. Uh, this is the last question here for sailor. He says, um, "Captain America: Civil War was the movie that messed up Tony and Steve's friendship. While supposed to be sad and or heartbreaking, it never felt that way for me. Since every Avengers movie they're in together, they argue about something." Do you think there should have been another Avengers movie to establish them as better friends before Civil War? Um, do you want to go first, Andy? Yeah. Um, I don't think the basis of Civil War was them to break up a friendship. I think it was more to break up the team of Avengers because uh, they were still they respected each other to start off with. Uh, they were close. Uh, you can call them friends, but there there is no set of friends that don't argue about something or have different opinions on something that's going on. When it comes down to this, uh, they had two different opinions on how to handle the situation, and it was something that was world affecting. And basically, that that's what happened. They they split up. They went two separate ways because Tony is very futuristic. He wants to try. He wants. They culminated this basically in the in the in the end game. He wanted to be the shield around the world, and he felt that policing a certain way was the only way that you could do that. Uh, Steve Rogers, who came up in a different time, and as part of the reason why he felt different about this, came up in a different time was all about freedom. Uh, people should be able to choose. People shouldn't have to be policed. Uh, we're here to protect them. You know what I'm saying? We're not here to control them. So. Uh, he felt very differently, which is crazy because, you know, if you think about the, the, the big Civil War event and how it happened in the comics, uh, you had a non-mutant, you know what I'm saying, trying to save mutants from being registered. So I think it would have had a better, bigger impact if the X-Men were at that time allowed to be in Civil War and everything that was going on. But no, I think it was done perfectly, especially with them including Bucky in it uh to be down because rogers is real big on people being able to have a second chance be able to do this but then you get tony who's not only thinking of a different way finds out that the winter soldier was the person who killed his parents so of course he's coming at it from a place of emotion and rage he wants revenge or you know what i'm saying what happened and tony's like this isn't my friend he was mind control so it it it, it wasn't more of their friendship breaking up. It was more of the Avengers team splitting up. And it was more about Bucky and Steve's relationship to me and how loyal he was to his friend rather than, you know, it was it was Tony being jealous because 
he killed my dad. How are you going to be friends with him? You're supposed to be my friend. And be like, <laughs> I known him longer. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, yeah. it's, it's that type of deal. So I, I thought it was done right, but I can't see what people have, you know, that opinion about the movie itself. I, Sailor, I'm so glad that you brought up this movie um, because I feel like Captain America: Civil War is probably one of the most emotional moments that we I feel like we get into the MCU that really sort of really sort of leads us to everything that happens in Infinity War and Endgame. Right? I mean, Civil War really is the the that sort of big emotional moment where you have our two two leaders of this team finally coming at heads with each other and really just breaking up the Avengers and really causing this rift uh, and this separation that really makes it difficult for them to overcome somebody like Thanos. Whereas if they had stayed together, maybe things certainly would be a little bit different. Don't mind my dog in the background. Who's just rolling around acting the fool guys. Okay. It's, it's her place too. It's probably her, her place more than mine. So I just let her do whatever the hell she wants to. Um, she probably knows the camera's on anyway, but anyway, uh, for me, uh, Tony and Cap have never, for me, I've never always thought that they've always had the best relationship in the world to begin with. I've always felt like Tony and, and Cap have always had mutual respect more than anything between each other, right? They, they understand what each other brings to the team. I'm not going to say they're not friends whatsoever. I'm sure they probably aren't a certain capacity. I wouldn't call them best buds though. You know what I'm saying? So it, it always has that their relationship has always had that hint of small percent chance that things could kind of blow up in, in everybody's face. So I, I'm okay with how they kind of built it up. I don't necessarily think that they needed another Avenger story to help build that friendship even more. Because for me, I don't think it was always it, it wasn't always that big of a friendship. It was for me, it was always a matter of just mutual respect for who you are, what you've done, what you're capable of, and what you can kind of bring to um what you can kind of bring to this team. And I'm sure, obviously, if you're teammates with somebody, clearly there's going to be some caring there, right? Clearly, you're going to care for the other person. And so I think that's where Civil War certainly comes into play. It becomes more of a a, a more personal issue of trust that you have with somebody, right? More like if you're my teammate, I should be able to trust you to be able to be honest and upfront with me about what's going on, especially if you know a deep, dark secret like that that's going to affect sort of my life. So I, I, for that, when it comes to Civil War, I think that's really what the premise is, not necessarily so much about tearing apart a best friendship sort of thing, because I don't think that's ever what they were, but I think it's tearing apart sort of the mutual respect and the trust that you at least had in each other for somebody that's supposed to be your teammate, supposedly supposed to have your back. So like for me, when I watch that scene, Indy, it's so incredibly emotional to me because I love me some Captain America, right? I mean, this is the guy that's supposed to stand also similar to Superman, right? Truth, justice in the American way. Um, this is a guy who's not supposed to, I mean, I'm sure he lies, but he gives off this persona of he doesn't curse, he doesn't lie, like he's this American Boy Scout. And so when we come to find out that he he's known for quite some time that Bucky is the one responsible for the death of Tony's family, I can see why Tony would certainly act the way that he would. And for me, I was heartbroken that Cap had that secret and didn't tell anybody at the beginning of the day. So I love this question, Sailor. I truly do. Um, but no, I don't think that they needed another Avengers film because I think what I think the purpose was was for the Avengers films that we have seen. Let us know that they at least respect each other. Um, 
can trust each other in these particular films, build a little bit of a relationship. But the, I always feel there's always been a, a hint of disagreement between them throughout all these films, right? Just a, a different ideology, a different different types of ways of thinking um, that I think helped actually build up to this sort of civil war. It almost made it a little bit more understanding because we know that they don't always agree on everything, right? Right, right, definitely. It, it was a it was a thing where you felt like neither one of them led the team, almost like they were co-leaders. Right. Like Cap was the heart, but uh, Tony was the brain. You know what I'm saying? When it came down to it and that they were always dependent on each other to get through situations. And it, it was a thing where in a situation where Tony might have needed Steve more than he ever needed him, especially when this is uh, you didn't tell me the truth. I mean, they, they started. Yeah, the he movie. calls it, he he calls him a liar to his face yeah. when he comes back at yeah. the game. They started the movie with him dealing, trying to deal with the, uh, the with the program, uh, dealing with the traumatic event of the day his father left. You know, it's showing that he still wasn't over what happened to his father. And he the, the last thing he had was, you know, what I'm saying negative tenements towards his dad before he left and never being able to correct that. So they started the film setting up, showing you where Tony's mind and heart was. And for the fact that Cap knew what happened and then still tried to protect his friend after that, when this is the guy that killed my parents, you can understand Tony's stance on what he had. But you understand uh cap stance because he was there he went through what bucky went through and then i wasn't there for you because i disappeared for all these years mm. you know what i'm saying and i wasn't there for you bucky i wasn't i thought you were dead because of me uh type of deal you know that's something that i carry with me you're here now and i want to try to make this up up to you so you understand cap stance as well so to me it was perfectly written especially when it wasn't the civil war to the comics, the comic books, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but for me, it was uh, it was more emotional than yeah. than what it was in the the stance in the comics. They made it personal, and making something personal is where, like you said, made it very emotional. I mean, to the point where Cap's like, where uh, Tony's going, "Hey, that's not yours. My dad made that." You know what I'm saying? And then he leaves the shield there. I still think it was kind of cheap that they had the tag team Iron Man. I thought that was it was a little cheap. It was a little that, cheap. That, that Tony didn't have nobody there with him. But it was an amazing shocked. fight scene, though. It really was, but that was so unfair. It was crap out of Tony. <laughs> that was not cool at all. But yeah. uh, Tony was aiming to kill. And oh yeah, Cap, he blew, he blew Cap, up Homeboy's arm for sure. Yeah, and Cap wasn't. That was the thing. Mm. Cap wanted to subdue him. So you saw that Cap still respected, cared for, and loved Tony. You know. And it was just that I have to do this for my friend type deal. So so to me, it was perfect in the frame, especially that little three minute span was perfect. I, I could take that out that movie and throw everything else away. And it was dope to me. Yeah, I, I would agree. That was a really fantastic moment for me and definitely a pivotal one for the MCU as well. But Sailor, uh, Andy and I can definitely understand uh, your your mindset going into it for sure. I feel like that we, we've kind of seen both parts uh, of people's arguments in regards to that. So we certainly can. But for it feels like from our standpoint, at least, I, I just feel like when you go back and you rewatch the MCU from the beginning up until Civil War, I feel as though they just they've planted the seeds really well in regards to Cap's and Tony's relationship to where the payoff truly is at Civil War. So it everything affects people differently, though. I used to be against it. Uh, to be honest with you, I used to think Civil War was a really bad movie until Endgame. 
Mm. And when I go back and watch the payoff, because it really was a story of Tony Stark, like this was Tony's arc. Uh, and seeing him, that I love you 3000, that moment at the end when he sacrifices himself, you see him become more cap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? By, by the end of that movie, you understand why they did what they did in Civil War. Yeah, most I definitely agree. Definitely agree. So, Sailor, thank you very much for the really great question, man. We really appreciate breaking that down and talking with you guys. Um, so uh, we're about to wrap up the show, guys. But hey, uh, Indy, is there any last minute comments or questions that are popping up in the live chat or anything like that before we wrap up? Uh, yeah. Let's let let let's let's go with uh because I've never seen his name here before. Let, let's give him with with Spider Man. I think it would be cool if they use Spider Man Unlimited. What you got opinions on that? JB says what? What's up? Yeah, JB pops in every once in a while, man. He's usually pretty good. A plus more phenomenal. He's been popping up also here. A plus here report as well. Uh, so get yes, get used to him, uh, Andy. He pops up all the time, man. Um, so what do I think? It, would it be cool if they use Spider Man Unlimited? Uh, where was Spider Man Unlimited from, Andy? Unlimited, I unlimited. I, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. That Spider Man Unlimited run, especially in the comics, I never paid attention to. Uh, so. I, I don't I'm gonna be honest with you. I really want them to continue with what they're doing now. Oh, that feels and, like a, a Spider-Man 2099. Is yeah, that it? Yeah, I don't know. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. I don't know. I only I only remember I, the cartoon. Yeah, so, I just I just Googled it and I think that's what he's referring to. I just Googled it. Um and it looks like it's, it's the cartoon that's coming up. But like his design almost reminds me that of Spider-Man 2099. So I would almost yeah. be like, yeah, give me a Spider-Man 2099. Why not? They kind of brought him up also in like um into the Spider-Verse, didn't they? Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. yeah. Uh JB, I'm I'm going to want you to educate me on that a little bit. So if you <laughs> hit me on Twitter at Nerdmix Alpha, uh, send me some links or whatever so I, you can educate me on that. And I promise I will get back to you with my answer live at some time about that. I'll remember that. Uh, let's see. Any other any other questions we got? Yeah. Uh, uh, Porter said it was an animated show made to replace uh, a planned uh, 2099 show. So it was oh. made to replace, so, yeah. to replace that. Okay. Uh, I do remember that cartoon. I do remember watching that. And it, it was cool. I, I I liked it, but I don't know if if I could get into that as far as in um, movie form. Mm. Uh, we got one more. Uh, hey, Adam, what Spider-Verse characters do you want to get their own series? Because I don't want to see another story about Peter Parker. Oh, man, give me. Um, I, I do want a Spider-Gwen, first and foremost. I would love a Spider-Gwen. But most importantly, give me oh, a spider, spider Give me a Spider-Man Noir. Uh, if I can get Nicolas Cage back to, to voice a Spider-Man character, count me in. I would also love a Spider-Punk. Um, a Spider-Punk um, uh, edition would be great for Into the Spider-Verse if they decide to do their own. So Spider-Gwen, Spider-Punk, or uh, Spider-Noir. I'll take any of those. Uh, Spider-Pool for me. So, Spider-Who? Spider-Pool. Spider-Pool? Yeah. What the, what's that? It's a Deadpool Spider-Man show. Oh, Spider-Pool. I'm sorry. I thought yeah. you were saying like pull, like P-U-L-L. Spider-Pool. <laughs> oh, Spider-Pool. Oh, okay. That would be pretty. That would be pretty dope also, man. I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm digging that a lot. But we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But no, I, I need Tom Holland at least for at least for one more movie. Give me three. Uh, and we'll see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, hey, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, oh, wait, Sailor does have one last question here. Do you guys ship anyone in the MCU, man? 
Do you ship. ship anybody? Yeah, like you put anybody together? Uh, like any couples? You ship oh, any? That, that that's the new lingo for for now. Is yeah, that, that's how like um yeah that's how they the, the the couple names. You know how they, when they mash couple names together, that's the shipping them, man. They're shipping them together. Shipping them? Um, yeah, shipping them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do. Oh, um, uh, th this might just be random, but this is just me. I want to see them, these characters on screen together because I think it would be hilarious. Uh, Daisy, Miss Quake. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and Falcon. Wow, that is super random, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sam and Daisy, huh? I just want to see that. I just want to see them characters interact because I think it'd be hilarious. Was it Sam Wilson? What's Daisy's last name? Daisy. Does she? I was gonna say, does she even have a last name in I here? Don't know. It's just so what we what we call him? Sacy. Sacy. Sam and Daisy. Yeah. Uh, Daisum. Da I Daisy. I don't, I don't know. Airquake. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. So yeah, there you go, Sailor. There you go. Daisy, Daisy Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah, that's bad. That I do remember Johnson. Uh, like seriously. That's so funny. All right. So yeah, that, that that's our ship. That's our ship. But hey, guys, we're about to go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you guys once as as always for joining us once again. Uh, we will, in fact, be back live with you guys next week. Um, I do want to go ahead and throw something out to you guys real quick. First off, if you love our reviews, if you love our videos, guys, please like and share these videos so we can continue to grow our, uh, our Power Rangers, Heroes, Marvels, DC community here at A Plus Opinions. We definitely appreciate your support, guys. Um, we are also going to be trying to maybe think about maybe maneuvering dates around a little bit in regards to A plus here report along with A plus more phenomenal. So we'll keep you guys up to date and we might even just do like a voting um, for some of you guys to see what day you certainly up up rather have a plus hero report or a plus more phenomenal drop um so we'll definitely get that to you guys here in a little bit but um indy if people want to go ahead and reach out to you on social media man where can they go ahead and reach you right there at nerd mix alpha everywhere everywhere and just search indy uchiha and stream my music online Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, hey, Andy, as always, man, thank you very much for popping in today. We always appreciate it. And guys, take care of yourselves. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, football starts uh, tomorrow, guys. A first, well, first Sunday, I should say, of, uh, of football. So certainly enjoy it. Um, catch up on some great movies. It too is certainly out. Catch up on Titan Season 2, which has in fact dropped. Uh, I might even be back later on today with the Titans review for you guys. So certainly stay tuned for that. Uh, but guys, if you haven't subscribed to us, please do follow us on also on social media right here at A Plus Opinions. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and until next time, guys, take care of yourselves and each other. I'll talk to you later. Keep it A Plus.